General Skywalker. At your service. This is General Kenobi, Commander Tano, and Captain Rex. We're looking forward to taking a fight to those scrapping droids. Yes, all in good time. Saw. Saw Guerrera. He fashions himself as our leader, though no one elected him. Well, for now, we're in charge. And there is much to learn. It's time for Send in the Clones! Join your hosts, Buto and Robbie, on an epic journey through a galaxy far, far away as they follow the escapades of Anakin Skywalker and the Jedi Knights with the clone army of the Republic in their struggle against Count Dooku and the droid army of the evil Separatists. So step in and prepare for adventure because it's time to send in the clones! In this episode, Obi-Wan, Anakin, Ahsoka, and Rex are tasked with training a group of charismatic new freedom fighters on the Separatist-controlled planet of Onderon. Are these fledgling rebels up to the challenge to take back their capital city of Isis? Hey, Chips, it's your old buddy Bucho on my first ever watch of The Clone Wars. Next to me in the dropship on his third ever watch of The Clone Wars. He is the Rex to my Saw Gerrera. It's your trusty pal, Robbie. Hello, everyone. And we are going to talk about the 89th episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars chronology. It's written by Chris Collins and it's directed by... Davey... Davey... I Is that joke still funny even though this is the second time I've done it? I don't know why it entertains me, Robbie. But that's Dave Filoni, of course, and it's Season 5, Episode 2, A War on Two Fronts. So, Robbie... How about we roll out with you letting us know what you remembered about a war on two fronts before you rewatched it again this week? Well, I think it's one of those things where I want to say I've seen this arc of episodes maybe a couple more times, and it's because of Saw Gerrera. I mean, this is the introduction, canon-wise, and I guess for all time, of who Saw Gerrera is. So it kind of tells his beginnings, and it's definitely interesting to see. So for me, this was one of those where it was like, ah, oh, okay, this is the Onron arc, and this is Saw, and this is, you know, Lux coming back onto the scene, and it's Stila, right? Yep. When I was making my notes, it auto-corrected to Stella. <laughs> and I was like, that's not right. It's not Stella! Yeah, so it's an interesting arc, you know, and you get to see what Saw's all about. All the way, I mean, this is so long before Rogue One came out, so that's a fun episode. Because it kicks off with a big old debate between the Jedi Council members to open the episode in which Anakin and Mace endorse exploring the idea of encouraging and aiding this rebel guerrilla group on Onderon. And Master Yoda and Obi-Wan, they push back against that idea, warning that they could be sanctioning terrorism if they're not careful. And Ahsoka is shown as kind of an outside observer, or maybe she's in the middle but she's obviously not part of the conversation, but we see you responding to things. And I don't know if it was just me, but she seemed to be a little more troubled by what Anakin and Mace were pushing for, you know, this new way of possibly fighting this war. But I don't think it's totally clear what she's thinking. Or do you find that you come down more on one side or the other for Ahsoka in, the, in that opening meeting, Robbie? I mean, I kind of always have it in my head that she's always going to, for the most part, side with, with Anakin on things. But I also feel like it's one of those really interesting things to bring up in Clone Wars is the idea that maybe Anakin's siding with Rebels? And it's just kind of a fun twist. 
it almost seems to come from some of those, you know, the Empire did nothing wrong, right. you know, subreddits and things like that, where it's kind of like they look at the rebels as terrorists. And if you really kind of break down their actions from a certain point of view, you can look at it that way. And it's just an interesting way of looking at it. I mean, if in America, if, if the British had won, all of the Americans would have been executed for treason. Sure. So it's just, it's very interesting the way that those dynamics and those kind of ideas kind of permeate Clone Wars in kind of fun and unexpected ways. I mean, terrorism is not fun, but you, you get what I'm saying. It's right. The talk of, of some of these ideas is just, it's an interesting thing to bring into a kid show. Yeah, I mean, we sort of have come up against this kind of idea a little bit in the past at the end of season one with Ryloth, right? When Ace Windu goes and empowers Cham Sundola and his kind of rebel group. And eventually here, Master Yoda agrees to a train and observe mission. And then we arrive on Onderon in a jungle environment. I don't know about you, Robbie, but that combination of the anti-government guerrilla group and the jungle environment had me thinking of a lot of South and Central American sort of guerrilla groups like maybe Che Guevara's band in Cuba or the Farks of Colombia or even to look a little further afield, maybe the Tamil Tigers of Sri Lanka. And it all combined to give the impression that we might be about to get into some pretty serious storytelling in season five of the Clone Wars, Robbie, although I'm not sure how many dinosaurs they have in Sri Lanka or Colombia. Do you know how many dinosaurs they have in Sri Lanka or Colombia, Robbie? I am not familiar with, with how many they have there. No. Did you like these? <laughs> did you love these dinosaurs though? I love that this world of Onderon pretty much has dinosaurs roaming around and in the skies. I mean, when we first see Saw, he's riding on something that looks a lot like a pterodactyl, although it has these big sort of, sort of almost hand-like claws as well. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely some interesting ideas here. See, to me, I got sort of parallels to, I guess, to Vietnam, because I know Lucas has always kind of been very transparent with his views on Vietnam and how he kind of put some of those ideas in Star Wars. And then, and then of course, there's, you know, some of the Iraqi war elements that he's thrown in here, too. So very very interesting sure i guess it's the specific sort of anti-government that they're an anti-government guerrilla group you know because jungle i first thought of vietnam as well but because it was an sort of anti-government guerrilla group that's why i was thinking more of these other groups you know in the south america or the tamil tigers oh, yeah. and what have you no i agree with you and also i think there are more dinosaurs in sri lanka i mean well, we'd have to look it up afterwards but there's <laughs> i think there are don't think there are any dinosaurs in vietnam or there are definitely fewer dinosaurs in vietnam whereas yeah. i think there's definitely more in sri lanka and colombia right right we can look that up later, though. We'll, we'll fact right, check right. it. We, yeah, we'll talk about that. But no, I mean, it's one of those things where there are almost times where I feel like the designs, the sort of, I guess, outside of the norm designs can sort of bring you back to the fact that this is just, hey, we're still having fun here. Okay, we're still having fun. We're bringing up some some interesting, you know, maybe maybe some more adult ideas, but we're still having fun here. Hey, what do you mean by outside of the norm designs? What I mean is a lot of this talk seems almost too real, and then they bring Saw coming in on a pterodactyl kind of thing, is what I'm trying to say, is that it's almost like it's, hey, we got to remind everybody that, hey, this is just, we're just having fun here. You know what I mean? I say out of the norm, what I mean is not somebody showing up in a some sort of troop transport. Sure. He's flying in on a, on a like you said, a very dinosaur-y, you know, kind of looking design. Yeah, gotcha. Do you remember the on Ryloth? You know, the first time we meet Champs and Dollar might even be, he was riding a Blurg, a good old Blurg, right? Yeah. So maybe that's one of the ways that, I mean, I don't know if there's anywhere to go with it. I'm, now I'm just interrupting you, Robbie. You go ahead. No. I'll stop interrupting you. 
No, I mean, my point was already pretty much made. It was just that, you know, like I said, he's not coming in on a, you know, on some sort of troop transport. He shows up on a dinosaur just sure. to kind of remind us that, hey, we're still having fun here. And this is a kid show. No, I got you. Another thing that happens in this episode, speaking of fun, is that, of course, Ahsoka and Lux Monteri are back in each other's orbits. And right from the start, we see them sort of giving each other's eyes through the <laughs> through the hologram. Mm-hmm. And then once they get to Onderon, we get this kind of love triangle that sprouts up between Ahsoka and Steela and Lux. And so there's these shots where, for example, Ahsoka's eyes open real wide when she sees Lux giving Steela the old, hey, let me help you routine and getting up right. close and personal during the droid popper training scene but then when Steeler can't get hang of the droid poppers Ahsoka goes to offer her love rival some encouragement right and it seems like these two are sort of making up but then when it turns out Steeler is an awesome crack shot with her blaster rifle Ahsoka seems a little bit peeved and so it's kind of this back and forth thing where Steeler Guerrero seems welcoming at first and then she finds out about Lux Monteri being a big Ahsoka fan and then all of a sudden there's this tension and almost passive aggression right. and I have to admit I found the love triangle stuff a little bit unsophisticated a little bit kind of puppet stringy compared to past episodes with Lux and Ahsoka where it felt like the show handled the relationship with maybe a little bit more nuance I don't know how did it play out to you did it all seem a little obvious and like uh, I mean I don't even know the word for it like it was a bit rote I don't know does that make sense well, to me, it almost seemed a little like Attack of the Clones kind of almost awkwardness. Right. I mean, it wasn't like, I, I gotta be honest. I mean, it's not something that I super enjoyed. I was like, well, of course, of course this was going to happen. And I actually kind of like the Anakin called out Ahsoka on it, you know? Yeah. Where she, he's kind of like, hey, uh, you okay? Because, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. There's something about that little interchange that I like. Stay on target. Yeah. I like that. But I also like that Anakin seems to have no problem with it as well. Like this, like we first see during training, we have that shot of Anakin sort of looking on Riley as the two, you know, lovebirds gaze admiringly at each other. And he's not looking concerned. He's got a little bit of a grin on his face. And then in the city at the end, there's even a moment in which Anakin and Lux exchange looks, which almost reads as Anakin letting Lux know, you know, he's cool with it. You know, he thinks he's a good kid and he's not, you know, he's not taking Lux aside and saying... You know, you watch it, buddy. <laughs> he's none of that. So I like that Anakin is... And it's what you would expect from Anakin as well, because he's not necessarily following the Jedi path. And he's, he, I'm sure he feels like he's doing okay. And so maybe he doesn't have the same ideas about not having attachments as other Jedis do. I don't know. How did you feel about all that stuff? No, I, I really like it. And it's almost like... Like, I mean, it's, it's not like, oh my gosh, they're all over each other. I need to separate them. That's This is just uncomfortable. No, it's just, he can tell. He can tell that she's just out of focus a little bit. Yeah. Which, I feel like that him talking to her was almost a... It was almost like this, paraphrasing it like this, where he was saying, Look, I I get what you're going through, but let's stay focused, okay? Yeah. So, I I like that it's almost a fatherly kind of talk. Sure. I like that he doesn't just tear into her. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's actually kind of sweet in a way. Yeah, it is. So, it's... I don't know. I like it. Me too, Robbie. And you know what else I like? Rex in a non-clone trooper (laughs) armor kit. (laughs) He actually looks, dare I say it, ridiculous. And, you know, he's no less effective or badass in it. You know, we see him demonstrate the tank attack tactic and he's, that's the same old Rex, you know, just a badass in action, even when he's wearing a kind of ridiculous looking getup. 
but it was so fun. I mean, as soon as <laughs> I just laughed, I'm laughing now thinking about it. It looks so fun in that gear and I just, I mean, I've never done any cosplay, but if I did, I might cosplay. I mean, I could, actually, I couldn't. I shouldn't have even brought that up because, you know, well, I'm not going to go into, I'm not going to go cosplay as Rex. You can't do that in this day and age, Robbie. And speaking of that rebel sort of gorilla get up here, you mentioned it earlier. Here's where we meet Saw Guerrero. And he's not shown to be any sort of elite soldier or anything here. He's obviously passionate about the cause, but, you know, we see him have a lot of trouble when it comes time to display skills and I really like that little scene where Ahsoka shows him the ropes and you know he comes right with it and so it shows that he's got a bit of humility about him but he also does seem to have a bit of a chip on his shoulder when it comes to Lux Bonteri mm-hmm. and of course we've got the scenes of their training mishap and then Saw sort of goes into bully mode and I uh, unfortunately I found those a little bit unsophisticated and kind of janky the same way that the love triangle was but the execution aside i guess what they're telling us is that saw and lux you know they're from different sides of the track saw seems like he's maybe grown up on the streets and lux is a son of a senator you know and so there's this kind of rivalry that i mean you probably can't say anything in response to this or you shouldn't but you know maybe they're going to become buds and earn each other's respect down the line I don't know. That's what I'm hoping for, though. But let's uh, get on to how you felt about Saw the first time you met him. I mean, you said you've watched these episodes a few times, and maybe at the time you first saw it, you wouldn't have known how much of a future he was going to have with the property. I mean, the only time I've seen him was Rogue One, of course, and he's right. very different in Rogue One, but it's also a long, long way in the future. So yeah. I didn't have any disconnect between this version of Saw and that version of Saw. You know, there's many years in between. I could see this version of Saw growing into that version of Saw just fine. But yeah. uh, why don't you... Expand a bit on your feelings about this character, Saw Guerrero, Robbie. Well, he's it's one of those things where, you know, the first time that we see him, you don't know where his story's going. You don't know who he is and all that kind of thing. What I like about him is that there's room to grow here. He's not the perfect soldier right away. Sure. Um, which is kind of fun to think about since in Rogue One, we're basically seeing him at the end. Right. This is at the very, very beginning. And some of the ideas that Saw brings into the idea of rebellion. And this is something that I'm I'm actually curious about, if you know this, that he definitely leans on the more, I would say, the terrorist or the... Um, yeah, that's how he's introduced in Rogue One, because he's not part of the rebels, right? And he's right. this kind of maverick... Uh, maybe more a fan of more brutal methods yep. kind of guy. And so, yeah, that is something that I knew about him. Yep, he's more of a zealot. Yeah, right. And that's the thing that's kind of interesting here is that we see him at the beginning and we see his growth into this character over this arc, I'll say. And so it's kind of an interesting thing to see, like I said, that beginning. And, I mean, I think for me, the weird thing is that you kind of see... I just love the idea that Anakin is helping planting some of these seeds, you know? Sure. I like that. And that, I mean, well, the Jedi in, in general are, but it's kind of Anakin who's sort of championing the idea. And then you get to see, you're like, oh yeah, well, this is Saw now that we're talking about. And Saw is a character, you know, if you like Rogue One, you know who Saw is. So it's neat to see how they decided to bring this character from almost, you know, an unknown, I would say unknown, but it's not unknown, but you know what I mean? There's a lot of people that don't pay attention to the the cartoon series as much as they do the movies. So it's just interesting to see the, I guess, the genesis of this character. Yeah, genesis, that's a good word for a Robbie. For once. (laughs) And speaking of things that are good to see in this episode, Robbie, I'm just got a little 
list of things here. I know this isn't how we usually do it, but here's a list of things that I liked in this episode. I mean, apart from the fact that every, every apart from the fact, apart from the, I've got something stuck to my hand and it's distracting me, Robbie. What is that? A post-it note? <laughs> I don't know. Everything just looks awesome in this episode. The jungles, the droids, the city at the end, which looks to me maybe like it's based on Rome or something. This feels to me like the biggest step up between seasons since season one to season two when it comes to the look of the show. I don't know if that checks out in any kind of qualitative sense, but this is the most noticeable jump up for me. I also like that these Onderon rebels, and maybe this is something that Rex could learn from them and take back to his clone troopers, they understand the value of firing from cover positions. I love that about them. I also love that we see some good old Roger droids because I think we went all of season four or almost all of season four without any Roger droids. I think we have to go all the way back to the Citadel arc in season three as the last time we saw a proper battle against any Roger droids and I miss those guys. I mean, we get them back to their good old Roger droid, you know, antics in this one. And the last note I've got here is that have you ever played bowls or the French sport of bull rubby? No, I'm not aware of that. The anti-destroyer droid training, where they had to throw those ball-type objects hard enough, but not too hard, so that it would come to rest near its target. Mm. That really reminded me of bull or bowls. I don't even know if you have bowls in the United States. We have bowls and 10-pin bowling here, and they're both similar things where you roll a heavy thing along the ground, but bowls is a little bit more nuanced let's say because you're trying to wait it just enough to get it to stop at a certain spot and bull has a similar action to the way that they're throwing these poppers you know where you sort of throw it up in there mm-hmm. and then it bounces a few times but anyway that's what that reminded me of and i'm not a massive bull player or anything i've ever played any leagues but it's a sport that sort of caught on as a more of a pastime than anything you know if there's a family gathering or whatever you know we'll go outside i mean especially around this time of the year obviously it's I shouldn't be talking about the time of year, Robbie, because these are supposed to be timeless, but let's just say it's summer. <laughs> Everyone knows what time of the year it is because we're leading up to season seven in February, so I'm just tying myself on knots here, Robbie. It's summer in New Zealand, <laughs> and sometimes we play ball when we're not playing beach volleyball or cricket. So anyway, those are my four notes about things that look cool in this episode, Robbie. Before we get to our favorite shot of the episode, do you have any more notes on a war on two fronts? I do not. Oh, I did miss one. I liked Steeler saying... Maybe a good politician needs to get dirty now and then. That's a note that I almost missed. She says that <laughs> about Lux, you know, because after they right. blow up at the end of the battle, that's when Saw sort of says, you know, he gives him the old, you're all right, kid, you know, and Lux is all dirtied up and maybe his hair's a little bit messy. And Steeler, of course, who was, uh, you know, has a, has an eye for him. Maybe a good politician needs to get dirty now and then. So a little bit of double entendre, speaking of French, Robbie. But let's talk about our favorite shots of the episode. What was your favorite shot of a war on two fronts? Well, this one, for some, it's kind of funny that earlier you had talked about kind of the jump up and the the way that it looked. The one thing that is noticeable is not just the amount of characters on screen, but the amount of variety on screen. Maybe that's part of it, too, is that there's just, you know, there's a lot of different characters being displayed there. And there's something about it that's just sort of technically impressive, I guess. Right. But then I think... The shot that, to me, that was the most sort of striking shot was when they arrive at the city at the end. And there's sort of like this almost, uh, it's almost like a drone shot or a crane shot kind of showing off the city. And there's a lot going on, you know, and it was just like, wow, that was kind of cool. There wasn't anything that just like completely like, like, oh my gosh, that was so cool. But I mean, it was definitely an enjoyable episode. It was almost like a breather after that last episode we watched. 
Sure, yeah, it was. And we've talked before about how the bustling city, especially in the Zygerian arc, right, when they arrive in the bustling slave markets, there's just something about the energy that these sort of cities can bring to the screen. And my favorite shot was also an arrival scene, but it was when they arrive at the base and it was Saw Gerrera landing his pterodactyl yeah. up on that up on that archway and I just thought it was fun to see someone riding a pterodactyl and I was actually hoping we'd get a bit more of them riding the animals I mean the animals do play a little bit of a part in the battle when Steeler lets them loose and they bowl through the that's more a 10 pin bowling actually this episode's <laughs> got both 10 pin bowling and bowls so <laughs> that's the 10 pin bowling part they run through and they skittle those droids but yeah I just thought I'm, I'm hoping in the future episodes we see some more pterodactyl flying or I should probably learn what those things are because I'm sure there's fans who actually know what they are that are getting annoyed by me calling them pterodactyls all the time but maybe next episode we'll see more of them and i'll know what they are by then but for now we got to bring this one for a landing robbie we need to sum up and give our ratings so after your third well you said this not your third ever watch maybe this is your fifth or sixth ever watch of a war on two fronts robbie how did you like it and where does a war on two fronts sit on that four star robbie scale well honestly i mean this one is sort of the introduction not only to you know saw Guerrera, but this arc and it's kind of like, eh, it's okay. Like, I almost feel like you could skip this one in a way, but there's enough in it that I feel like it's still necessary, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give it a three. So, for me, it's like, if I feel like it's necessary, it gets a three, but it's not necessarily my favorite out of all of, uh, you know, my threes that I've given, but I think that's uh, it's probably a fair score on this one. Yeah, I'm about the same spot, Robbie. I've got this at six Onderon fan bars out of ten. I did look up what those are called because I was <laughs> looking for something to have six of, Robbie. <laughs> those are the four-legged dinosaurs. And I think, according to my research, they are also found on Naboo. Hmm. And I think we see some Gungans working with some Naboo fan bars at one point. But anyway, we're not talking about Naboo at the moment. We're talking about Onderon. And I really like the Onderon and environment these new characters and relationships like i said are a little bit simplistic at this point and the training scenes are also maybe a little bit simplistic but i like this gorilla insurgency idea the way they're diving into this after maybe not having really done anything with it since ryloth and the episode looks so amazing and i've always had a soft spot for this kid like Sponteria, you know even if i've i like that he acknowledged in this one how ahsoka you know, bailed him out there from the Death Watch mess that he got himself into. Right. And so here we are at 6 out of 10. And for anyone who's maybe just joining us on Season 5 and doesn't know about the rating systems, you know, for Robbie, a 3 and above means it's definitely recommended. And for me, a 5 and above means it's rewatchable. So 6 is not as weak a rating as it might sound for anyone who hasn't been following along the whole time. But that is mission accomplished for Season 5, Episode 2, A War on Two Fronts. So, Robbie, won't you please let the troops out there know what are our communications channels? Of course. We are Bucho and Robbie at Gmail, Twitter, and Instagram. That's B-U-C-H-O-A-N-D-R-O-B-B-Y. Yes, sir. And, of course, the troops can join us again next time for the 89th episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars chronology. It's Season 5, Episode 3, Front Runners. And until then, this is your old buddy Bucho alongside your trusty pal, Robbie. And we are out. Remember, you can support Send in the Clothes for free simply by rating and reviewing the show on iTunes or any other podcast platform and Bucho and Robbie will read the review on a future feedback episode. And speaking of feedback episodes, you can also send either a text or an audio message of 60 seconds or less to Bucho and Robbie at gmail.com.
May the force be with you.